Welcome to Iconic Talk. This is your community's podcast with conversations about real estate, local happenings, and all things Winchester, Virginia. I'm Mark Francis, a local realtor, broker, and owner at Icon Real Estate. And I'm Megan Eanes, a local realtor and part of the Icon Real Estate team. Mark and I are so excited to share everything that we love about Winchester, Virginia with you. We want you to be an informed, savvy real estate consumer in today's ever-changing market. Yep. If you want local knowledge, you've come to the right place. Well, it is Easter week, spring break for some. Mm -hmm. Uh, City is off this week. The county, I think, is next week, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and it's uh, um, it's April already. That's April. the part I'm just like stuck on. Spring break, <laughs> April, Easter, mm-hmm. all that good stuff is happening here. Um, you know the the real estate market. We we'll actually talk about that next week. Right? How about that? We'll put a pause on talking about real estate this week. Focus on even like Easter kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It, you know, I don't know what did you do last week. Did you have anything special happen in your world? Last not, week or last weekend? No, not 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 necessarily. But um, I will tell a funny little story. So um, Saturday, of course, was April Fool's Day, oh, right? And <laughs> I'm not into it. It's not my thing. We talked about that last week. But my son Ben, he is a big jokester. So um, I was talking to him, and he said he had to go to the store, and he was going to buy Ferrero Rocher's. and some either Russell sprouts or grapes or something. So okay. what he ended up doing is um and he's he's of course part of the west virginia air national guard and they had drill this weekend so he's up at the base everybody's you know that's with drill the whole place is packed for the weekend so um they have a table there in their area where they where he works and they just put free for all food out so (laughs) what he did was okay of course the ferrero rochers have the gold wrappers on them Uh yeah so he got grapes and he melted chocolate, oh. and he rolled them in the chocolate, and then he put some like crushed um, cashews on it, and then wrapped them back up in the wow. Ferrero Rocher paper. Wow! And had them sitting out. He texted me on Saturday, and he he was dying. He had to excuse himself to the bathroom because he was <laughs> he had tears rolling down his face. He said there were three people that got them and took bites of them, and they were like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> so that's was, impressive. I, I mean, that's a lot of effort that goes into it. But he and I guess um, they all went out to lunch on Sunday um, during or during drill also, um, and they were talking about it. And there were a couple people that were saying I was going to get some uh, when we went back. <laughs> Thanks for telling me. But they he didn't give it away on Saturday. They had no idea that it was him. That's so, hilarious. Honestly, I was. I was That's a good proud. April. Fool. That's the proper April Fool's Day. Joke. Yes. Yes. It's it's not mean. Right. It's kind of funny. It's not. He originally was thinking about doing Brussels sprouts. Mm-hmm. I don't know that borderlines on almost mm. mean. I mean, That's... I love Brussels sprouts, but not when you're thinking you're eating chocolate. No. No. <laughs> no. I thank actually, you. Yeah. Uh, Brussels sprouts for me are not my top go-to. I, I actually had some last night. And it was a combination of like a little bit of like a lasagna meal. And so mm-hmm. we tried to add some greens to it. I'm like, those Brussels sprouts would go down a lot easier if I just mix it up with the pasta sauce Oof. and lasagna sauce and like choke it down. You know, it's, that's that's my version of Brussels sprouts. I, I was kind of, I wouldn't <laughs> say I was made to eat them when I was growing up, but I remember <clears throat> eating them and hating them. They were terrible. And then when we had, um, when I had Coley Harry's, when I had the restaurant 20 some odd years ago, we always had lima beans and Brussels sprouts. And it was the first time I ever had them and had put vinegar on them. And I fell in love with them. So I would just like oh, snack and, wow. and same thing with lima beans. I mean, the two strange things that I grew up not liking. And then when I was hungry, I would snack on 
Brussels sprouts. Good for you. So that's good for you. I, they were when tasty I was hungry, now I, I love them. Snack on candy and snack on cookies. So that's... I, I was trying to. Well, that's probably me more now. <laughs> but back then, I, and I and I liked them. But yeah, now that my love of Brussels sprouts started then and has mm. continued on. Wow. But I'm definitely not wrapped in chocolate. Well, my weekend was a lot of traveling. It was back and forth to New York and back within a 24-hour period to go see a college visit up there on, um, in Poughkeepsie, New York, Marist College. How far away is that? It's about five, five and a half hours, okay. depending on your driving speed, I guess. Right. Sure. Depends um, on who's driving. <laughs> but uh, we'd, we'd actually already been there, but it was the admitted student day for Pierce. So, so Pierce has chosen where he's going. He's not chosen. Oh, okay. It, that's part of, it's so fascinating. College campuses these days do these admitted student mm-hmm. days to take you over the edge because if you're undecided maybe you'll go back and have all the red carpet rolled out for you and all the fancy things to show you of how great the school is to prove to you and then of course they have like the the separate section of like here's the deposit room so when you're excited about being here you can go to the deposit room and pay you know put your put your your, put your money down to say you're going to come to school here we did not do that so still undecided. Still undecided. Yeah, Ben had a uh, decision day. I guess WVU calls it decision day. Same thing yeah. for the admitted students to come up and, I guess, make their decision. He had already decided, so he didn't need to go yeah. do that one. But then that was one son, and then the other son had a dance um, performance that Shenandoah University does. And again, Shenandoah is amazing of how their arts program is in the conservatory. Mm-hmm. We say this a lot, but every weekend there's something going on. So this weekend... Um, his roommate uh, performed in kind of the, the symphony orchestra piece that was going on on a Friday night. Um, no, that was actually Saturday is what he said he performed. And then my son performed on Friday night and Sunday afternoon for a couple different, one major piece. Um, it's just impressive seeing six different unique dance performances in one big overall show and presentation. And so the, the choreographers, um, are the professors, mm-hmm. but they, it's, it's so unique because they try to tell a story. And so when you look at it, you're like, okay, what's happening here in this dance piece? And there's seven or eight or nine or 10 or 12 dancers running around the stage doing mm-hmm. their thing. I, I'm sorry, I'm doing it. Not a, not the justice that it deserves right. of the art that's there, but everyone is trying to tell a story. And his piece was, um, really kind of Asian and influenced and, from the culture of the choreographer who I know. So it kind of meant a little more something because you understand right. the story and the, the history behind what's being presented on stage. So anyway, I, I was fascinated with that. We see, I've seen many dance shows in my time, you know, so but, busy, so. busy weekend for you. Big and it weekend. sounded like it ended at Shenandoah university Ended at Shenandoah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it made me realize that, you know, there is art, that is always happening at Shenandoah on campus, but there's art that happens around this community all the time. Mm -hmm. And it just so happened to say, we have somebody to chat with to talk about art. Right. Um, Who is a um, Shenandoah grad. Shenandoah Mm -hmm. representative there. And um, just thinking about Easter, thinking about Easter, you know, today is called Monday Thursday Mm -hmm. um, for that kind of, more uh, liturgical world and then tomorrow good friday and then easter resurrection sunday on sunday so for all of you people who are going to be attending churches this weekend Mm -hmm. this conversation can inspire you um we chatted with rose lock who is the production manager and creative designer at fellowship bible church big title 
she'll slightly unpack that for us. But really, let's hear from her about the history of art in the church and, and really what it means to us today. So here's our chat with Rose Buck. Mm-hmm. Well, we are here with Rose Locke. How are you, Rose? I'm doing great, thank you. Awesome. So fun to see your building today. I yes, love it here. It's yes. really great. You know, we love bringing people here to do interviews with us because we get a chance to show off the amazing building as mm-hmm. well. Um, so it has history. It has um, design to it. It has almost, you can almost even say art. You know, there's a component of historical buildings in Winchester mm-hmm. that bring that out in, in what you can see in the world. But Rose, I'm curious of how we can shape this conversation because you and I know each other very well. But um, tell us a little bit about yourself and what brought you to Winchester. Well, I came to Winchester in 1986, which is the year I graduated from high school to attend Shenandoah University. Um, I am first my original training, my original career. I'm a classical musician. Specifically, I tend to specialize in the area of collaborative piano, they call it, Mm. accompanying, um, playing with, I do a lot of uh, elementary schools, high schools. um, I've done college choirs. I do a lot of a small flute recital. So a lot of people in town might know me yeah, from my a lot of the people like, performing. Are listening yeah, right. are like, oh, I have kids. I, I probably know who yeah, that person is. Yeah, I just yeah. did a, I just did a um, middle school. Uh, Winchester Frederick County did this wonderful thing. Talk about art. The elementary school got together and hmm. did a choral festival for just Winchester City Frederick County choir students. There was 120 kids there. And the concert was on Saturday, and it was really fun. I got oh, to play cool. the piano awesome. for that. Yeah, stuff like that is just wow. great. Yeah. Just picking up and playing. I mean, you've got to go to school to obviously have a, a knowledge in that. of Just playing for choir kids is one thing, but mm-hmm. just showing up and playing... 15 or 16 different pieces all at the same time. Well, it was I mean, six. Six? Okay. Well, <laughs> That's still, still more than one. <laughs> blows me away. Yeah. So it, talk about Shenandoah back in the day when you went there. Yeah. So, um, and kind of what I experienced at Shenandoah University is kind of what led me eventually to what I do now and why you invited me here to talk. But I started in um, piano um, accompanying, they called it at the time. Um, I moved my major around a little bit. Um, Shenandoah was a really small school and just a really beautiful town. Mm -hmm. And I was really excited to be there. Um, I'm from a very small town originally. And I wanted to go to a school that had a really great music program, but still had the small town, small Mm -hmm. feel to it. And Mm -hmm. Shenandoah just perfectly fit the bill. Mm -hmm. And it's really fun because... you can do the math from 1986, but <laughs> it's been a while, and there's still people there that I have connection with and have community with from my time as a student there. Hmm. Yeah, and so from there, what then led you to stay in town? Right, so I met my husband, who is a Winchester native. He's one of the few people. He's a lock, so if any of you know that name, um, a lot of these downtown 1700 buildings were mm-hmm. built by his ancestors. Hmm. And um, so he is has very, very, very deep roots here and will never leave here. And so I met and married um, a Winchester native, and we stayed. Um, while I was at Shenandoah, I did a lot of music theater work, and I have always had a great love for the theater and storytelling 
and what can be communicated from a stage. And so I got a lot of background in sitting in a lot of technical rehearsals, hmm. which then led me to um, kind of delve into the technical world. Hmm. Technical world. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of, <laughs> a lot of different hats that you, you have and you, you wear and you're at Fellowship Bible Church today. Right. So walk us through kind of your, your journey in even your career that's led you to where you are today. Right. So church music has always been very important to me. And um, I've never, when I, when I first started participating in church music, it was not something that I wanted to get paid for. So I had my outside career where I would play for concerts and choirs and that kind of thing. And then I had my like um, volunteer passion and it was in the church music area. So um, when I came to, when I married Roger, then we ended up attending Fellowship Bible Church and my eyes started to get opened actually years before that to the dis there was kind of a, a a separation it seemed like between church art and um secular art and i just had this idea that in my secular non-spiritual life there seemed to be this like drive and desire for excellence and more creativity and communicating at a higher level and in in my church world it seemed like a lot of times there was this like well we're doing the best we can or this um, lack of um, diligence to put into making that storytelling really excellent. Hmm. And so um, years, even before I went to college, I started to see that disparity and I started to think, how can we figure out a way to um, take the excellence that I see in this kind of non-spiritual environment and how can we apply that in a spiritual environment? but still have the joy and the passion and the energy for what we do. Hmm. So that's always kind of been a calling of my heart. It's an interesting thought because you're, you're making me realize that there is this history of art in the church that you can go back and see the over the years mm-hmm. that the secular world was very connected with the spiritual world and the excellence that was there back three, four or 500 years ago was doing things for the church, doing things in a spiritual way. So quick story, you'll laugh at this because you remember this. Several years ago, I was on a trip to France with my son. It was like an international exchange student mm-hmm. thing that I was like, I'll be that chaperone. Sure, I'll go to France for a week. And it was amazing. I don't speak French at all. But on the very last day of being there, we were in Paris. And it just so happened to be Good Friday. And I was, I didn't, it didn't really connect with me that I was going to be in Paris on Good Friday and we're at the Louvre. So I'm at the Louvre being a chaperone of students who all just abandoned me, right? Because they just wanted to go do their own thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm here, I'm like, I've got two hours to kill and I'm in the Louvre. I'm just gonna go around and look for every kind of Christian piece of art because it's Good Friday and to see what was being uh, just presented. And so I did that. I was taking pictures and pictures and pictures, and I sent them to, to Rose me. and a few other people. <laughs> and I was, and I, said, I was a little, there, I have to admit, um, if jealousy is a sin, I was walking <laughs> in sin that particular Good Friday. Because I realized, oh yeah, Good Friday. There's typically a church service that goes on back mm-hmm. at home Good Friday, and here I am experiencing art. And so there's this... Going back to what you're saying, Rose, there's this history of arts that where the excellence was there, and here we are today, where seemingly the excellence in the church is far inferior to the art. And you can look at art being music, mm-hmm. um, works of art of painting, 
uh, you can go into dance. You could just all down the, the whole rabbit trail of rabbit hole of like what defines art. How do you see that? I mean, well, that's I mean, not even I a think question. This there just was kind a of like... secularization of art that happened. Um, I've never been to Paris, unfortunately. I have <laughs> been to Florence, though. Yeah. And um, talk about seeing some amazing art in churches, in and out of churches as well. Um, I, there was a secularization of art that happened, um, particularly during the Reformation, mm -hmm. because there was the reaction, of course, the Catholic tradition of just amazing stained glass windows and the ideas that the people couldn't read. And so a lot of the Bible stories were communicated to them through the arts and the church had a lot of money. And so a lot of the artists were being supported. Um, I'll just, hmm. just as an aside, I read a really great book called Real Artists Don't Starve. Um, I didn't get to, <laughs> I didn't finish the whole book, but in the introduction to the book, the man who wrote the book um, talked about um, Leonardo, uh, not Leonardo, um, <laughs> Sistine Chapel, Michelangelo, yeah. talked about Michelangelo and how um, they have found the receipts for Michelangelo's bank accounts, and Michelangelo was not a starving artist. Michelangelo mm. was actually very, very, very wealthy. Um, and so the book, the book then went, went on to proceed to talk about how real artists don't starve. And so the idea that the church had a lot of money and was able to put a lot of money into paying the artists to then decorate in ways mm -hmm. that could enhance what they're doing. Um, but the honestly, the Reformation, Martin Luther, a lot of a lot of that older church art was destroyed during that time because there was a rebellion against the Catholic Church, and the kind of ditch that everybody fell into was to be as simple and as plain as possible, and to remove as much of those mm. quote unquote trappings, if you'll use that word, of the church that were um, representative to the people of some of the things that they wanted to reform hmm. about the church. Even the design of the church buildings, you know, talk, going back right. to like the building that we're in today, the 1700s, there's the design component that is art, mm -hmm. that they attempted to make these huge cathedrals to make it as grand as possible as a form of worship, mm -hmm. but Absolutely. also as an did you Did you see Notre Dame um, when you mm -hmm. were in? It's, I did. And it was before fire, right? Before the fire, pre-fire. It's, uh, it's stunning. I went, th same thing for uh, a trip when I was um, 15 with the French group um, from school. And so we got to see that. Mm -hmm. We also got to go to Giverny, which is the home of um, Claude Monet, mm. which was stunning. So it was, yeah, the artwork there and, and yeah. the Louvre and... Mona Lisa, and it's uh, it's there's fantastic. There's definitely a period the of history. Just... Yeah, there's a period of history where you know art was just very prevalent, mm -hmm. and I don't know, like where are we today with that? But, <laughs> you know? And I love that the even the chapels, um, like the cathedrals, are basically built in the form of a cross, mm -hmm. which I think yeah. is really cool. So I mean, there's your artwork right mm -hmm. there, just in the in the architecture. Yeah, in architecture, and I think I think that. Um, I mean, now we're starting to go down the road of defining art. And I think art is really hard to define um, because I think art has to do with any kind of creative process. Mm. So, like, I think you're an artist, Mark, because you um, start businesses, mm. right? And so there is, like, you'll read books, The Art of Entrepreneurship, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or we'll read The Art of War, right? Mm -hmm. That's still a major military strategy book that they read in the military colleges. And so I think any time... And this goes back kind of to my philosophies about art. I think anytime human beings are creating, we are making art. Mm. And um, I was talking before we started a little bit about internal art versus external art, because most of our conversation so far has been 
concentrating on what I would call the external arts, um, meaning that there are things that we can see mm-hmm. and there are things that have been created by our hands. But I think my early artistic life, I, I wrote a lot of poetry. I was sharing with someone, I just threw it away. Like when I was in elementary school, I, I wrote a ton of poetry all the time, just words pouring out of me. When I, was, uh, when I first came to college and I was a musician and music always pouring out of me, I would say that those are kind of, I would call those the internal arts as opposed to things like we were talking about architecture, painting, um, design. Mm-hmm. We've talked a lot about design mm-hmm. and I know Ruth Truman just did a wonderful job mm-hmm. here and mm-hmm. I, can, you can always, I can always see Ruth's fingerprints. Right. I get my hair cut at a <laughs> salon in town and Ruth's fingerprints are all <laughs> over that salon. Um, and I, I think um, that those are more the external arts. So I think anytime we as human beings are creating in some way, we are doing, making, being art. Mm. So when did you realize that you were an artist? <laughs> I still don't believe I'm an artist entirely. <laughs> I believe that I'm a, um, I believe I'm a supporter of artists. Because again, when you start talking about art, you're going back to, there's skill involved, right? So um, yeah, I picked up some songs that I probably didn't practice as much as I should. I picked them up on Friday night before the concert on Saturday and read through them and mm-hmm. made sure I had a good handle on what they were going to be. Um, that's a skill. And that's a skill that I spent many decades, literally, of my life developing. Um, but the child who scribbles on a piece of paper and sees a beautiful flower mm-hmm. in their scribble, they're being an artist as well. They just don't quite have the skill. So now when you start talking about art, you have to talk about skill, yeah. right? And and that's when it becomes, yeah, what are we talking about? Are we talking about someone who's just really gifted and sees the world in a unique way and is able to express that? Or are we talking about someone who's developed this really specific skill in this area? I would definitely say that you're an artist, especially as a, as a pianist. Um, mm-hmm. It's funny you're saying you were at um, Shenandoah in 86. Yeah. That's when I started taking piano lessons at Shenandoah <laughs> when I was younger um, <laughs> with Nancy Black. Um, wonderful teacher and and I mean, a wonderful I, person by yes. the way. And I yeah, you know, I played for years up until um, I went to college and I didn't have a piano around. And then I even t- took lessons later on in life because I missed playing it. And then I had kids and I can't stand when my children would come bang on the piano when I was trying to play. And I was like, okay, they're just so I, I don't do it as often as I'd like to. But I tried accompanying somebody once at a church function in youth group. And the, <laughs> oh my gosh, the anxiety that comes with that, because you can't just play in your own rhythm. You have to play in a structured rhythm because everybody has to be able to follow along with you. And that to me is very stressful. So anytime I see someone that can be an accompanist, I'm just blown away because... Or for middle schoolers. Yeah. yeah there's, there's a special, well, that, special that breed too. there. But in a, and to be able to learn six songs that you now have to play in a structured way that other people are going to have to be able to count to four, six, whatever, and follow along with you, it's that's not easy. Well, and it's a different kind of art. It's a collaborative art. And collaborative arts are really challenging. Collaborative arts, when you see, like, when I see these songs and six people have written the song together, mm-hmm. I'm thinking, what was that like? You know, how did they get along? How did they decide whose lyric was going to win? How did they decide which chord progression they liked better? Which of those six artists submitted their ideas to the others to complete the project? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that co-laboring as artists is even harder. 
Because you're giving up your pers- your design and your vision potentially to someone else to critique it and right? to edit it, which is yeah. very personal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And going back to like the Sistine Chapel, I am... Um, I, my husband and I went to an exhibit. Um, you guys know these traveling exhibits, like the office exhibit and stuff that will just mm-hmm. run right, a space, right. right? So my husband and I went to an exhibit that was the Sistine Chapel ceiling close up. So we've been to Florence and we've seen, or we've been to Rome and seen the Sistine Chapel ceiling in person. And it's kind of an experience just to do that. Cause like they crowd you into a room and only let you be there for a few minutes and can't take any pictures. And you're like trying to decide which part of the ceiling to look at in that short period of time. <laughs> um, so we went to this exhibit where they had taken the, um, the, the Sistine Chapel ceiling and they had blown the pictures up so you could like, and you could stay as long as you wanted. So you could stand there and you could really analyze the picture. And it was such a fascinating experience because there are things up there. Like he probably didn't paint the whole thing. He probably, um, did some sketching and then his, uh, his assistants went up there and painted some of it. And when it's blown up, you can actually see like carved into the plaster where the original foot was supposed to be. And then you can see where the foot really ended up. And then when you see some of those paintings close up, you go, Oh wow, that didn't quite have the skill. <laughs> like I expected. Mm-hmm. Um, cause you expect, you know, Michelangelo, it's just going to be this perfect painting with no errors or flaws. And when you get it really close to you, it's amazing how, um, how, how flawed it really is and how, um, I think he did do some co-laboring there and I think he did give up some of his ideas. And I mean, he was known to be temperamental for sure. And he did some things in the course of painting that that chapel that are probably pretty controversial, (laughs) but, um, it's just an amazing experience to see how different artists, um, work out their work Hmm. in a sense. So back to your story, Mm -hmm. walk us through that passion of bringing excellence of the arts into the spiritual, into the church world. And really bringing you to where you're working today. Yeah. Walk us through kind of like that process and what have you experienced over the years to bring that excellence and that creativity yeah, so into I, church? I believe really strongly in um, that art communicates to us. A picture's worth a thousand words, right? And um, in the church, we have um, a high value of the word, meaning the Bible itself, which is the way that God has communicated to us. And so words are really important to us. We set aside time for 40-minute sermons. We, um, we take notes and do outlines and communicate by the word a lot. Um, but God made each of us differently. And we each um, have different styles of learning. We each have different styles of understanding. We each make connections differently. And um, I feel really passionately about that. And so I feel really passionate about um, Christianity and what Christianity can bring to the world. And I think that we need to use every medium that we possibly can to communicate that to the world um, because people read it differently. And I think that it needs to be done with excellence because when it's done poorly or not with excellence, it doesn't ultimately bring glory to the God or tell the message that we want to tell well. So I'm I'm an advocate for really developing the artists who have a Christian worldview. So um, I've gotten the pleasure to be the um, production manager and creative designer at Fellowship Bible Church, which gives me the opportunity, number one, to develop my understanding of art. I read a lot of books about art. 
I think about art a lot. And number two, it allows me the opportunity to encourage others who are artists. Mm. So I have the opportunity. We've done a ton of art exhibits. Um, most people in the community don't know about those. Um, anybody can come see them. On Friday, actually, we're going to exhibit um, one of our um, former members. He has passed away now. He was an art, very gifted um, in oil paints. And so he actually did a series of seven paintings on the last words of Christ. And we have large um, copies of those. We don't own the originals. Um, and his estate has given us permission to display those. So we will be displaying those on Friday as an opportunity for people to just reflect on the meaning of Good Friday. And um, and then we'll also then we also I, we also do things like give people the opportunity to um, create. We'll we'll choose a scripture passage and we'll say, hey, can everybody in the church, anybody who wants to, will you reflect on this scripture passage and submit to us a work of art by a certain date? And we'll get poems, and we'll get pieces of art, which we then have a really great space we can display. We've done some really fun things like have a. We had a, a several years ago on Good Friday. We had an event called Perspectives on a Passion, and our entire congregation created a piece of art, which is amazing. It's called Broken and Poured Out, and um, it is about Christ's body being broken for us and His blood being poured out for us on the cross. And members of our congregation literally pounded chalk and threw paint. And then we have a gifted artist on our staff. He was a graphic artist, um, and he's actually had some things displayed at the MSV. And he took the broken and poured out chalk and paint and revealed the face of Christ in it. And it's on display in our building all mm -hmm. the time. So I'm just an advocate for using those kinds of mediums to encourage different learning styles to start to understand the truth of the gospel. And those are almost extra things that the church mm -hmm. is being called to participate in. Um, so there's this collaboration from that standpoint. Mm -hmm. But then there's also the week in, week out church services where there's potential for creativity and art, you yeah. know, and obviously music is one, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. you just don't always think about music as art, <laughs> right. but it is. So yeah. what happens there on the regular basis where art is on display? Well, I have, I have a really cool job because I get to tell stories and I always said my dream job would be to be in charge of the um, Epcot. I told you this the other day, yeah. Mark, my dream job is to be in charge of the Epcot laser show, the thing that happens around the lake there, because what they do is they tell this amazing story. And if you go, if you kind of dig behind the scenes a little bit on Disney's website, you can find the whole story they're trying to tell. And as just a person sitting there watching it, you don't get that whole story. But when you read about it and then you watch it and you start to make the connections and start to see mm -hmm. different ways they're communicating different ideas, it just blows my mind. And so I'm really lucky because I get to do that every single week. I get to sit on a planning team. We get to think through um, importance of story. We get to think through them in the context of the word. And we get to think through how can we artistically through music, drama, poetry, um, <laughs> Any other, any other art form, visually. There's a little bit of children acting that happened last Sunday. Yeah, <laughs> last a Sunday we did. Well, a, yeah, so. yeah, just really fun, different kinds of stuff. And and then when you start to think artistically about the way we communicate and the way God has communicated to us through metaphors and pictures, and you start to be amazed. I mean, as many times, as many. As many Palm Sunday services as I have been a part of planning, it never stuck out to me in the same way it did this year that we were joining generations in the past, the present, and the future. Because um, uh, Palm Sunday, if you don't know, is um, is 
the celebration of Jesus's last entrance into Jerusalem. And the people that day thought he was going to be their king. And so they greeted him with palm branches, which was a military tradition of the time. If a Roman, famous Roman general came in, they would wave palm branches to welcome that famous general. So as Jesus was riding in, they waved these palm branches. And churches today often do different things with palm branches on Palm Sunday to remember that. But um, when you really dig into God's word and start looking at what palm branches are, you find this passage in Revelation that says, in heaven... There are multitudes holding palm branches. So, so this past Palm Sunday, we worked really hard to tell that story of generations, past, present, future. We did unusual things like have our kids um, participate in our whole worship service. We had our kids act out the scripture reading and videotaped them. We um, emphasized the future part of Revelation at the end. So to me, I get to do the best thing, which is tell a story that I care about passionately and deeply and I believe is the truth. And I get to tell it in really cool, creative, artistic ways all the time. Cool. You're painting it's a really, really cool fun. picture. I'm like, like, I kind of like, would have liked to have gone to that service. Uh -huh. it, it, was really cool. it was really cool. Yeah, it so was, because you're painting really such cool. a cool picture, yeah. what's happening this weekend of what... We're well, we're gonna have um, we're gonna have that art on display on Good Friday, which is just gonna be a delightful time. No pressure, just a quiet time of reflecting and walking and seeing some really great, really powerful, beautiful images. Um, those are actually painted by Jack Cribbs, and some of you in the community might know Jack's work. Um, there used to be, I haven't been there in a while, but at the um, hotel. George Washington. At the George mm -hmm. Washington. Jack is well known for his Revolutionary War paintings. Mm -hmm. So there's a couple pretty well known Revolutionary War soldier paintings that Jack did. And there used to be a print or a cliquet of one of them at the George Washington mm -hmm. Hotel in the lobby. I have, it's probably still there. Um, so anyway, Jack painted those and they're going to be great. Um, but we're going to start at 11 o'clock. We're going to start with music and poetry and drama. Um, specifically focusing on um, crucifixion and the cross and the meaning of the cross. It's going to be a really great service. It's going to include communion, which, by the way, is a drama. So there we go. Communion, the participating in communion this itself is a dramatic act mm -hmm. that we are commanded in Scripture to do. And so there's an example of art that we do all the time. We just don't always think of it as art. So we're going to be doing that at, at 11. Then we'll have that open house time, 12 to 7. At 7, we're going to repeat the service again. We also stream. 11 o'clock will be streamed. And then um, Saturday, we have our Easter services, which, again, are going to be super cool. We're going to start with this really great, again, dramatic reading. So there's going to be some drama. Um, then there's going to be just some amazing music. We have a full choir orchestra, all of that going on this weekend. Um, and then, um, of course, we always have excellent teaching. An excellent teaching time. Um, so it's just going to be a great week of celebration. And what times are those Easter. over the oh, weekend? Um, so I told you Good Friday, 11 7. Mm -hmm. And then um, our, our Easter service is 5 o'clock Saturday, 8 o'clock Sunday, 9 30 Sunday, 11 Sunday. So it's, it's going to be great. Yeah. It's, it's going to be so much fun, though. Well, thank you for being here because, like, oh, we can keep talking for mm -hmm. hours, I'm sure. But I think you've painted it. Yeah, I haven't even in, told you about the other art books I've been reading. I know. An impressive <laughs> she's, picture. She's painted right? an impressive picture. An impressive picture <laughs> that, intended. yes, there is, there is art in the world today. Right. Um, and bringing art back into the church being Easter week, I think, is kind of neat. So just if you're listening, check it out. It doesn't even have to be Fellowship Bible Church. It can just be 
see the art in the church that you attend this weekend mm-hmm. and, and look out for it. Because when you have your art goggles on, uh-huh. the world is a little different. Yeah, stop and look yeah. at the stained glass windows. Yeah. I mean, and look at the different stories they tell. Because I mean, when you go to the same church for a long time, a lot of times you just don't even notice the artwork that's around you. So just mm-hmm. take a moment to, to notice that and the people and the Yeah, and if you really start and, looking at the expression on their faces, I'll, I'll just... I'll share with you this um, this really great quote, which I think this this quote helped shape my view of art dramatically. Um, and I don't even know if I I took this I took this note in a seminar way back in 2014, and I I don't even know if this is quoting someone else or just the person who did the seminar. But it says, "Our nature, by the corruption of our first sin, is so deeply curved in on itself." that it not only bends the best gifts of God's towards itself, it enjoys them, or rather even uses God himself in order to attain these gifts, but it also fails to realize that it is so wickedly, curvedly, and viciously seeks all things, even God, for its own sake. And I, I share that quote to say that one of the things that art does for me, and art is designed to do for everyone, is to curve our, to turn our eyes outward so you start looking at what did the artist try to say and what does this thing outside of me say? And all of a sudden you're not thinking about yourself anymore, are you? Mm-hmm. You're thinking about someone else. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot, of, a lot of problems in our world, a lot of trials, a lot of difficulties would be kind of repaired if we started thinking about things outside of ourselves instead yeah. of thinking about ourselves all the time. That's so very that's true. why I love mm-hmm. art. Awesome. Well, we have three iconic questions that oh, we like to uh-oh. ask our guests okay. so we'll make these oh, short no. and sweet just okay. the first thing that comes off the top I'll of try. your head what do you like about your current neighborhood where you live today oh i love that um we there are people nearby but we have really big lots so we're not on top of each other and we care for one another but we're not um, constantly in each other's business. You have so the space. I like it. Yeah. Love it. Question two What is your favorite local restaurant? Oh, wow. Um, I'm a Thai Winchester fan. That's where, if my husband's taking me out, that's now. where we're going. Oh, uh, that's right. They? I forgot. What is the Sabai new name? Sabai Thai. Sabai Thai, yes. Yeah. And I have eaten there. And I'll just say one it's of the It's the same. It is the same. And what, I'll just give them a shout out because I had an old gift card from Winchester Thai. Mm. And we went in there and ate, and we were like, will they honor it or will they not? And they did. And awesome. so we were very thankful for that, and that just raised a notch in our eyes. Awesome. So, yeah. Question number three, last one. What's something that you think makes our local area special? Oh, I can talk about Winchester, Frederick. <laughs> I love it here. I think it's beautiful. The Shenandoah Valley is beautiful. I love that there's four seasons. The Museum of the Shenandoah Valley is absolutely amazing. I see every exhibit I can possibly see there. I have seen the greatest artwork. I've seen Rembrandt prints there. I've seen um, wonderful, uh, the Hotchkiss maps they had years ago, because I, I love history too. So I love history, so I like that. Museum of the Shenandoah Valley, over the top A plus in my book. I could spend every day there. And, and then I just think Winchester Medical Center is the bomb. Hmm. That we have um, that we have individual rooms that the the hallways are carpeted. That is a highly unusual hospital, and I've that's never true. received mm-hmm. the great care that's there. A first. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> we haven't had anybody mention the hospital, no. but that's very true. I love it. Yeah, 
You haven't been there much, have you? <laughs> no, I haven't been there <laughs> much. But, I, but I've been to other, I mean, I, have, I don't go to the hospital much, but I've been to other hospitals and they're old and dirty and tile floors and right. just not pleasant, right. happy places to be. And I think whoever built that place really worked hard to make true. it a really mm-hmm. pleasant place to be. And it brings people to the area. Right. I agree. Well, Rose, thank you so much. Happy Easter. Thanks. Have an amazing Good Friday services yeah, tomorrow. I work so really hard. I'm going that. on vacation next week. Just <laughs> yes. so you know. Yes. I'm going to go on vacation too. Okay. We're all going to go on We're vacation. We're all going on vacation. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's go. Well, thank you, Rose. Appreciate Thanks. it. Thanks for being here. Sure. Well, that was fun. Again, it's speaking my language. Right. Yes. I, I didn't talk about this in the beginning, but merging my worlds together because I do collaborate with Rose at Fellowship Bible Church, mm-hmm. do play music, part of that team. So yes, you can even come and see me and this weekend in Fellowship Bible Church. I'll be there tomorrow for the Good Friday service, for the Sunday morning service in a lower level. So merging my worlds mm-hmm. together. Um, but it's just so fascinating to, to think and when you have an artistic mind, <laughs> seeing right. the world through those lenses. Well, I mean, if there was a camera on us, I mean, I'm basically, and you can tell, I didn't say a whole lot. Um, I'm just sitting here <laughs> listening because it's just, it was really fascinating and such great information. And she's just very, um, just a great talker and um, very so informative. And um, just the... I mean, the I, I love the history of Palm Sunday. She broke it down so yeah. simply. Yeah. Um, and I don't think churches explain it very well anymore. And I, I yeah. love the simplicity of, of her descriptions and also talking about the Sistine Chapel and the, mm-hmm. you know, the the errors almost that were found in, in yeah. the artwork when she was able to go through that experience and see things closer up. Um, just just very fascinating. Yeah. Well, I would challenge all of you listeners as you're thinking about church this weekend. Pick one, go to it, Mm -hmm. look for the art, look for the creativity in the world because it'll, it'll really open your eyes. And just like I was talking about dance in the beginning subject of, of, of our conversation here, it's just so many things you can define as art and Rose broke it down for us. So, well... What is what is happening in town besides church? <laughs> there's, I think there's Easter egg hunts I all see. over the place, right? Oh yeah. So on um, Saturday from eight to eleven, there's breakfast with the Easter Bunny. That is pancakes, sausage, gravy, eggs, and biscuits. Uh, kids three and under are free. Um, there are going to be filled Easter baskets will be handed out, and that's at the Stephen City Volunteer Fire Department on Mulberry Street in Stephen mm. City. So that'll be super exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a friend that works uh, that volunteers there, so I'm sure he's going to he's going to be part of that too. Um, there's also an Easter bake sale that's Saturday from eight to eleven at the fire rescue as well. Um, and it's going to benefit, uh, get your shave on, um, with, uh, for kids with cancer. Huh. So if you want to go donate to a good cause, go buy some Easter goods okay. for your maybe Easter dinner on Sunday. Sure. Um, there is another bake sale at the American Legion in Berryville and there's a pancake breakfast on Sunday, uh, April 9th from seven to noon at Clearbrook Volunteer Fire and Rescue. There's uh, just pay by donation and on well, I guess that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. That's Lots a lot. of Easter things going on. Yep. Well, and uh, and Rose is from Fellowship Bible Church. That's on Middle Road. Find more details about that, fbcva.org, mm-hmm. um, for those services. And it'll be interesting for the Good Friday, that art display. Um, oh, that would sounds be fascinating. Cool too. So it'll be um, 
yeah, it'd be neat to kind of was, be a, participate in that. Is the art display, <laughs> is that um, open all day? Is open all of, day. Okay. Yeah. And it's just a, a certain area called the fireside room is where it's going to be. And there'll be some meditation and devotional packages there that you can kind of look at and see the art. Oh, fascinating. So there you go. Awesome. Uh, well, thanks so much for joining us on this episode of Iconic Talk. It was a little unique. I'm excited about mm-hmm. how we continually branch out here for our listening audience. So we hope you learned something for today's episode. Look forward to sharing more with you next week. We're going to touch on the spring real estate market. So yes. we'll see how that goes because um, it's touch and go week by week. But <laughs> yes, we will it unpack is, it for it's you unique next week. So remember, when you're looking for a real estate professional, make sure they're experienced, innovative, personal, dedicated, and available. And we appreciate you spending some of your valuable time with us. And we would love it if you take a moment to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. You can tell them that it can be found on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. Absolutely. Thanks to our editor, Stroh Nair, Simeon Battaglia. Until next time, think iconic. <laughs>